Welcome everyone to episode eight of Buzz IT Talk, the podcast where we talk buzzwords and the latest trends within the tech industry with the goal of helping businesses and decision makers go beyond the buzz. This is your host, David Weaver. I recently sat down with Dr. Jörg Herbeaz, Senior Vice President of the Workforce Management Division at Inform Software. In this episode, we tackled the complex and ever-changing topic of workforce management, first by defining the term and then looking at some of the top trends and challenges associated with getting the right people to the right place at the right time with the right qualifications. This is, of course, no easy task. However, in our conversation, Jörg presented the topic of deductive intelligence and talked about how it can help address the numerous challenges associated with workforce management. We discuss how deductive intelligence differs from classical programming techniques and the benefits associated with using this technology. As always, we ended the interview with a look into what the future may hold for the workforce management space. So now, without further ado, here's my interview with Jörg Herbeaz. In this episode, we are going to be covering a wide range of topics, all relating back to the area of workforce management. This is not an easy topic to handle, as labor laws, cultural differences, technology, and many other factors play a huge role in this field. And in the end, it's a topic that turns out to be a big part in determining how successful a company actually is, because after all, it is the people behind a brand or company that uh, tend to drive success. So utilizing uh, the people, the employees, these resources in a way that keeps everyone happy is an enormous challenge. So how can today's technology help businesses in the area of workforce management? What role is the current hype around work-life balance playing, and how can deductive intelligence and yes, I gave it a buzz sound effect. Deductive intelligence may be a less known term, but we're going to be covering that in, in detail today. How, how does this address the numerous challenges associated with workforce management? To answer these questions, and of course, many more, I have Dr. Jörg Herbeaz here with me. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to Buzz IT Talk, Jörg. Thanks, David, for the invitation. Sure, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be on the show. Um, I'd like to hand the mic over to you straight away so you can introduce yourself and maybe tell the audience a little bit about your journey to your involvement in the workforce management space. Yeah, actually, I started in workforce management in 2000 when I started my PhD. So I did a PhD in workforce management, specifically in mathematical optimization techniques for workforce management. So in between, I was uh, a bit active as a consultant uh, in, in different projects and finally became responsible for the development of a new workforce management system based on novel technology. And nowadays, I'm head of workforce management activities at Inform in Aachen, Germany. Mm -hmm. Okay, so as you may know, I'd like to go in a little more detail in getting mm -hmm. to know the guests. If you've listened to a recent episode of Buzz IT Talk, we introduced the buzzer beater round in order to... Yeah, provide listeners with a more, um, a few more details about our guests, um, break the ice a little bit, create more of a relaxed atmosphere. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a series of five either-or questions. Some of them will have to do with today's tech buzzwords. Others serve just as interesting talking points. In any event, you'll have 15 seconds to answer the questions. Do you feel up to the challenge? Well, I feel up to the challenge. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will start the clock after when I start the first question. 
Mm-hmm. Plane or train? Train. Netflix or book? A book. If you could time travel, future or past? Future. For relaxation, mountains or beach? Mountains. Morning or evening shift? An evening shift, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> We made it, I think, just in time. So okay. perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the plane or train? Mm-hmm. You said train. Not a big fan of flying. Well, I'm a big fan of flying. Okay. I'm pretty active, actually, in the All aviation right. industry, but uh, yeah. still, I like train traveling. So train I mean, traveling. you've got a couple of hours, maybe, and just earphones in and a good book or some material to work on. Uh, it's, well, I like train traveling. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Evening shift. So yeah. if you're you're not necessarily a morning person, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the classical uh, topics in workforce management as well are your lark or owl, basically the chronotypes of different people. Uh, I'm definitely an owl, so okay, <laughs> more towards uh, the evening shift. And yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. That question has a lot to do with our topic today. The, the last two questions, even with the whole work-life balancing, getting away. What's mm-hmm. your favorite destination? Oh, or very definitely. Oh, there are multiple ones. Yeah. So I like many places <laughs> in the world. Okay. <laughs> My famous spot is in Mexico, actually. <laughs> so for vacation purposes or for work? Uh, well, Both. Th- that one more for vacation. Yeah. Okay, vacation. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, back to our, our topic, workforce management. Um, let's talk briefly about what you understand under this umbrella term. It's a big term, workforce mm-hmm. management. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things. Uh, angles that you could take what do you understand under workforce management yeah i mean it is a broad term in, indeed workforce management by the notion already um, at the center of the topic uh, we understand it to be the deployment of the right number of staff of the right qualifications to the right location and at the right time mm-hmm. and that is obviously one of the major challenges that uh, well, more or less all companies face it's particularly interesting in the area of shift work um, so when you plan shift work, uh, it is something that you need to actively pursue, uh, planning people onto their shifts. It is, while well, the overall topic of workforce management is a bit broader than just shift scheduling, uh, employee scheduling. It also involves demand forecasting. That uh, means basically you need to figure out how many people you need at which moment in time. And that is not necessarily trivial. It also reaches down to uh, some more downstream processes like time management and payroll preparation. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, all of that is basically done under a, a triangle of interests. Uh, you've mm-hmm. got employee interests, so yeah. employees have got certain needs that need to be fulfilled. You've got the company or management interests, which is often productivity driven. And you've got customer goals and, and service level, basically. You need to serve the customer as well. Um, that's the service level topic. And in this triangle of different interests, uh, you need to position yourself and, and f- striking the right balance at each moment in time, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, sounds complicated <laughs> because uh, when, especially when dealing with people, there's a lot of, a lot of challenges there and those differences are probably not always aligned. Um, so what are some of the major trends and challenges 
currently in the workforce management space? I mean, I guess we can draw a couple from what you just said, but mm. what would you say are the major ones right now? Mm, yeah, well, a major trend definitely is in the from the employees' interest side. Um, mm. Well, em employees are more and more demanding in terms of their working time, and that is partially due to younger generations being more demanding. Mm -hmm. So shift work in general is not necessarily a popular form of, of working, basically. And right. so people want to get uh, while they're live, uh, well aligned with their work. Mm -hmm. uh, so the big topic of work-life balance, right. obviously. It's not always like work-life balance uh, sounds very much like lifestyle, surfing, and so on. That's not necessarily what it is about. Uh, sometimes it's it's really uh, constraints that you have in your private life. Okay. Uh, think of single mothers or single fathers. Mm -hmm. uh, look at relatives uh, that are in need of care, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that you may need to align with your working life. And that gives constraints. Uh, if you can't align your work life uh, with your private life, you will hardly get to work at all, maybe, uh, mm -hmm. in the most extreme case. And mm -hmm. that is one of the challenges that we definitely have. Additionally, from a company's perspective and service level perspective, well, um, service orientation and service industries, but also production industries, are more and more under pressure uh, to become more flexible. So mm -hmm. from a customer side, there's more and more demand on uh, while providing services and products flexibly. And that is something where people often forget that this also has to do with workforce management and, and staff deployment, uh, ultimately. Uh, the challenge that we have is, in general, that uh, the multitude of different topics and interests and different constraints and, and objectives and so on is, is so large um, that in workforce management we need to be flexible. So mm -hmm. we need to take care of the individual situation uh, of a customer uh, and, and the time of working time organization. And that is exactly where this topic that you were mentioning, the deductive intelligence, uh, intelligence steps in. Yes, deductive intelligence. Um, start by telling us a little bit about what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, deductive intelligence uh, is about creating intelligent systems, well, uh, systems that support human beings uh, in terms of decision support. Well, it does contain the word deductive, mm -hmm. and that relates to deductions, so a term that is broadly used in artificial intelligence, uh, especially in knowledge-based systems. And while well, the idea of the complete game is to formulate business logic, not in a hard-coded way, in the source code of your program, basically, but at a higher level, so in so-called deduction rules, mm -hmm. to be more flexible and to be more accessible and to be more easily modifiable. Okay. And where does this term come from? Where, where, is, where are the roots of deductive intelligence? Well, deductive intelligence actually reaches back to the 1980s. Um, so it is rooted in the Japanese initiative on so-called fifth-generation computer systems. Mm -hmm. And that was a, a big trend at the time. So it also triggered uh, the foundation of research institutes in the US and in Europe as well. There was much active research on the topic at the time. So the foundations of the complete discipline of so-called deductive databases uh, was created at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so then a bit later, microcomputers were basically taking over. and The discipline was a bit abandoned over a couple of years. But actually the ideas behind deductive intelligence were, were still completely valid. Mm -hmm. And uh, this meant that um, only recently it was kind of rediscovered and people were pursuing 
uh, deductive databases and the technology behind for, for new purposes. And uh, there's uh, a good amount of activity now, um, again. So then workforce the management is one of those new purposes then? Yeah, actually, uh, we found kind of the link. We came okay. from workforce management and we wanted mm -hmm. to solve certain problems. Uh, we wanted to be able to cope with the flexibility requirements uh, of the domain. And we came across uh, deductive intelligence in order to solve this problem. Okay. So I guess that's why you decided to coin the term and why you're pushing it onto the market? Uh, well, yeah, actually, <laughs> in a way, yes. Um, what we did is uh, basically, I mean, as I said, uh, the discipline is, is called deductive databases, which right. relates to, well, databases as a data storage technology. Mm -hmm. um, that's maybe a somewhat limited uh, way of thinking about it. Uh, what this technology actually does, it gives you mechanisms of formulating business logic flexibly. Mm -hmm. And that is a bit beyond pure database uh, logic and uh, database reasoning. And what we additionally did, we put a couple of things on top in order to specifically deal with challenges in workforce management. For example, so-called temporal logic. Okay. So in workforce management, we've got to do a lot about time. Mm -hmm. So date and time logic, basically. Mm -hmm. And we put such temporal logic in additionally. And we said, well, this is not really database logic, what we're doing here. But we rather termed it uh, deductive intelligence then. Okay. Um, why is it then, did this deductive intelligence, deductive databases, why is this so interesting in the context of workforce management? Yeah, well, as I said, workforce management and the requirements in workforce management are quite different in, uh, in the different places, in the different industries, in the companies, partially even in different parts of a company. Mm -hmm. And if you want to deal with all of these specifics in the different areas, you need logic that is flexible. Mm -hmm. If you resort to classical programming techniques, that may be kind of a challenge because uh, while well, you need to end up with release cycles, with programming and, and so on, it, it takes time to get individual logic realized. Mm -hmm. So what we did is taking deductive intelligence as a basis and we're formulating all of our business logic in deduction rules, basically. These deduction rules are more accessible to subject matter experts so that makes us much more flexible in terms of representing all of those specifics at a specific moment in time mm -hmm. and when the requirements later on change over time well we can also adapt to those changes and that is something that is particularly important because workforce management while well, it is something that is moving all of the time in organizations mm -hmm. okay so um is it not possible to uh, address these challenges with classical programming techniques? Well, basically it is. Um, the problem is not so much that it cannot be represented, but what it means for the overall activity, basically. So when it comes to classical programming techniques, um, well, first of all, somebody needs to understand the requirements, which is often subject matter experts. And it needs to be handed over to a development team. There mm -hmm. may be misunderstandings in there. Then you may be using classical programming techniques. And these classical programming techniques, um, well, what they usually do is combining technical aspects and functional aspects in the same code base. Mm -hmm. And that means that both technical problems, bugs, and so on can arise, as well as logical mistakes. And that means that you need quality assurance and quality life cycles and releases, basically. Mm -hmm. 
this is exactly what governs the typical life cycle of software development. And that makes the turnaround times pretty big if you want to cope with individual requirements. Mm -hmm. What we can do with our deduction rules, with deductive intelligence, is while well, avoiding those turnaround times. That is partially due to the fact that we can have subject matter experts model the business logic themselves. Mm -hmm. That means we avoid the misunderstandings in the handover from SMEs to developers. And additionally, um, we also avoid well, the quality assurance life cycles. Not that we don't need quality assurance um, at all. We do need it at a logical level, obviously, such that we need to make sure that the deduction rules have, well, represent the right logic, basically. But uh, the likelihood that there are bugs at a technical level is largely reduced because deductive intelligence basically separates the logic from the technical details. You've got a technical engine running underneath, and on top you've got the deduction rules representing the business logic. And that is something which may not sound spectacular <laughs> at first <laughs> glance, but actually what it results in is uh, that the uh, development uh, cycles are largely reduced and that makes the difference from you can uh, represent individual requirements exactly or you cannot basically and that's a huge difference actually okay in terms so, of so thinking back to what you said um, the single dad's requirements could be put into then a calculation when trying to find the best shifts for all of your workers is mm -hmm. that something that could then be done Theoretically, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I mean, basically, uh, well, requirements in in shift work are everywhere different. I right. mean, it, it gets from well, very classical master roster designs, very fixed patterns, mm -hmm. uh, towards very flexible uh, schemes, uh, preferencing by the employees, different kinds of how these preferences are considered, and so on. And mm -hmm. um, it's it's different everywhere, basically. Right. And being able to cope with these differences mm -hmm. by while having all of those development cycles avoided. Uh, that's, that's a huge pro for that technology in that domain, basically. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds very technical, sounds complex, deductive intelligence. Mm -hmm. Can you provide an example or a few examples, uh, use cases for deductive intelligence in the workforce management space? What, what would be a couple of concrete examples? Yeah, um, let's take an example from demand forecasting. Mm -hmm. um, well, demand forecasting, when you want to know what your actual workloads are in your specific company or in a group of your specific company, well, you first need to find out uh, what are the drivers of your workload. Let's say in aviation, it could be the flights arriving at, at your airport. In logistic centers or cargo hubs, it could be the number of packing units uh, that arrive at the facility. Mm -hmm. In car workshops, it may be the number of customers or the car repairs that drive your workload. Mm -hmm. And But the way the drivers are represented and also the way the workloads are derived from those drivers is different everywhere. Let's say, for example, take the flight at an airport and you want to plan the baggage unloading. Mm -hmm. Well, then you would possibly assign a couple of people once the, uh, once the plane has arrived you assign a couple of people to that task of baggage unloading for, let's say, half an hour or so. Uh, that is a specific way of determining a workload. In a logistics center, you may have a continuous flow 
of packing units and you know the number of packing units per half hour, half an hour interval or hour interval or whatever. And from that, you would be deriving the actual workload, maybe just by dividing the number of packing units by a certain factor that can be handled by, by a person at a time. Mm -hmm. That means kind of the laws that are behind um, demand forecasting, the way it is done, is different everywhere in each industry, um, in most industries, let's say. And that is something that needs to be represented properly. Imagine a standard software that knows how to do demand for forecasting in one way, with one model. Right, well, so, so the, the software, the standard software for the aviation industry planning those baggage unloaders um, isn't going to be able to do the same type of planning in the logistics center mm, yeah. with the same... Yeah, exactly. Okay. So standard software, um, depending on the model that it represents, may be able to do certain things mm -hmm. and others not, basically. Okay. And this is why people often resort to Microsoft Excel, actually, to do their demand forecasting, mm -hmm. because they say, well, that's how I can flexibly represent my requirements. Mm -hmm. Well, with deductive intelligence, uh, we can avoid the problems that you typically have with Microsoft Excel, like data integration and, and sheets that break and so on. We can avoid those problems and still be flexible. We can represent the rules of demand forecasting flexibly mm -hmm. and do exactly what is needed, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so with deductive intelligence, um, I like to uh, close out the interviews with um, a look into the future. Um, where do you see deductive intelligence heading um, in the coming years? I mean, you mentioned people using Excel sheets. Um, a lot of times with certain software implementation, I know in other industries it's this way, there's, there's a lot of um, resistance to implementing new technology. How, what's the plan? What's the plan for deductive intelligence? How is this going to get um, into corporations to help them better plan their workforces? Hmm. Well, as you're saying, well, basically, uh, we're dealing with certain processes um, mm -hmm. with customers, certain ways of, uh, of how things are done. And what we need to bring together is these processes and the technology behind. Mm -hmm. So these need to go hand in hand. And that is something where we see a certain gap uh, in terms of there's technology and there's processes. And you want to flexibly design processes, but you can only do so if you've got a flexible system underneath mm -hmm. and flexible technology. And we've only started to bring that deductive intelligence, which serves exactly that purpose, uh, to the market. Um, we do see that it changes the way we're thinking about, well, custom requirements, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, classically, custom requirements would be covered by custom software. When you've got deductive intelligence, you can have well, basically a standard software underneath, a standard engine. If you're able to flexibly define your deduction rules, you can still well cope with custom requirements and have kind of custom software designed on top. And I think that this will potentially change the way we think about standard versus custom software nowadays. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, why do we have that difference at all in the marketplace? Uh, because standard software typically is cheaper. Custom software may be better for the individual circumstances, but it's typically more costly and involves more risks. And 
if by that new technology uh, we can bridge that gap, mm -hmm. basically, well, custom requirements, but not at the cost of custom software, mm -hmm. um, that is definitely something that will, will change uh, the way especially workforce management is done. Yeah, it's, I mean, the whole customization, individualization trend is goes way beyond the software industry. We're seeing it in, mm. in all kinds of industries, and so, so why not yeah. follow suit in the software <laughs> industry and kind of tailor to the needs of the market, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. And uh, especially in workforce management, it fits nicely somehow. I mean, we see that individualization trend mm -hmm. everywhere. We see it particularly in workforce management, dealing with working times, dealing with individual requirements yeah. again by, by the employees. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it would be kind of a contradiction to take standards off to try to cover individual requirements. I mean, right. it's kind of a contradiction in itself. Right. Um, and workforce management, scaling back again to our umbrella term, how do you see this space developing in the coming years? Is it going to get even more complex? <laughs> uh, yeah, I fear so. <laughs> and for good reasons, actually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was already stating that, uh, while both from a company's perspective, uh, I mean, in terms of uh, dealing with the flexibility of customer demand, as well as dealing with flexibility requirements from the employees, it is something that makes things more complicated, definitely. I mean, that's the downside of all of that flexibility, but it's no doubt that we need that flexibility. Mm -hmm. In many industrialist countries, we nowadays have even a problem of staff shortage. So companies are running short on, on staff and how to bring uh, additional staff into the company. And the only way of doing that, uh, from my perspective, is coping more with the individual constraints, time constraints and life constraints um, that potential employees have. Mm -hmm. If you can cope with that, well, you're more flexible and you may become more attractive as an employer. At the same time, dealing with all of that flexibility from the employee side, but also from the customer side, means it becomes more complicated. And that is something that can only be solved by, by software that can mm -hmm. cope with that challenge. So no more Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> Definitely, I guess yeah. Yeah. in the future. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what assume so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know I said I'd be closing out the interview. One last thing: if this whole concept of deductive intelligence, um, if you had to summarize what deductive intelligence can bring to a planner who's mm -hmm. trying to make the optimal schedule, who's trying to forecast for demand. What would be the main benefits associated, the top three benefits mm -hmm. with this deductive approach mm -hmm. summarized? Okay, top three, let's see if I can do, do those three. <laughs> uh, well, basically the interesting bit is uh, once deductive intelligence has been used to cover individual requirements, mm -hmm. uh, planners will hardly notice that deductive intelligence is in the system, basically, because it just solves the problem that they have. Okay. I mean, sounds like a good benefit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like a good yeah. benefit, but uh, yeah. yeah, sometimes it's just as, as unspectacular as that. Right. Uh, uh, once you've, you've used it, uh, it, it doesn't, you hardly notice it any, anymore, right. but that, that's a good indication, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's a first benefit. Um, more explicitly in, in that space, well, it has an impact on usability. Okay. Um, if you cope with the individual requirements and you've represented them exactly, mm -hmm. what you find in the workforce management system is exactly what you expect, basically. Mm -hmm. 
And that is a big benefit for usability. So mm -hmm. there are no big surprises mm -hmm. um, uh, from the system and its uh, interaction patterns, basically. Mm -hmm. Third thing is, um, and I'm getting to exactly those three points now. <laughs> um, so uh, well, with deductive intelligence, uh, you can also cope with changes. As I said, well, the working practices will not necessarily re remain to be the same. Right. Things mm -hmm. will evolve over time, planning practices, employee requirements, company requirements, customer base, and all of that will definitely change over time. Mm -hmm. And if you can cope with those changes and represent those changes in requirements as well, uh, you will obviously be better off. Mm -hmm. And I suppose yes. that's perfect. Three <laughs> of the main benefits. Yeah, <laughs> great. Well. Um, Thank you for your time. Thank Thanks, you for coming David. on the show. Mm. I appreciate you sharing your insights on the topic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Thanks, Thank David, for the time and for the invitation. It was sure. a pleasure. All right. Talk Thank soon. You. That wraps up episode eight of Buzz IT Talk. If you have any questions for Jurak, feel free to comment on our episode page at buzzittalk.com or reach out on any of our social media platforms we have listed on the site. I've also included a link to Jörg's LinkedIn profile in case you are interested in reaching out directly. Again, this can all be found at buzzittalk.com. If you're interested in sharing your insights on one of the many tech buzzwords, feel free to contact me at buzzittalk at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in.